0: you need indeed you're listening to broncos for breakfast with nick kendall and scott kennedy
1: all right welcome in welcome in welcome in it is another victory monday out here in broncos country i am nick kendall joined by as always for these morning shows over on mile high huddle scott kennedy it's broncos for breakfast scott how are you doing happy victory monday to you It's it's, it's gotta start feeling weird, right? This is something that you and I have not experienced
2: together. Yeah, this is not a recording. This is Victory <laughs> Monday. You're, you're not yeah. watching last week's show, or even the week before that, or even the week before that. This is a new show on Mondays. we head into Thanksgiving with the Broncos on a four-game winning streak? Four.
1: Four. One and five to five and five. Here we are. Uh, Broncos are winning games that for the last decade, they have found new and painful ways to lose, and maybe that luck is starting to turn around here. Maybe there is some competency and belief—oh, well, definitely belief—in Broncos country. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. It's been fun to watch. It does feel a little bit, pardon my French here, folks, but a uh, Tebow-esque right now, just with some of the improbability of what this looks like right now. I mean, Scott, just getting right into it. Twelve. Takeaways in three games is the most by a team in the span since 1997. Uh, so you're talking back to Super Bowl 32 for the Broncos. Uh, that's a long time ago. Sorry to age anybody in here. And uh, Broncos, you know, offensive inefficiency all game long. And then when you had to have it, you get it. The offense does just enough and you score in an unbelievable touchdown with big plays from multiple players on that drive. And the defense closes it out at the end. 21 to 20 victory. Broncos win
2: of those turnovers there's 12 in three games which like you said is a ton there's only one of those when you look at it and say it looks fluky you know five turnovers against the chiefs you know when's the last time they gave it up that many times but if i were to say okay we're playing the bills and they turned it over a bunch okay yeah that's kind of what the bills are prone to do all right we're playing the vikings and they turned it over a bunch did you see their first four games and now they've got a new quarterback in who's only making his second or third start and only the 12th of his career and they turn the ball over. Yeah. Okay. I I get that. That makes sense. So it's not, there's some luck in there, but the other part of this is that feeling of here we go again is almost gone. You know, it's there. It's different though. Yeah. No. uh, Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. You got the ball. It's it's yeah. Russell Wilson's got the ball with two and a half minutes left and you're down a score. I'm feeling good. But the, the, uh, I forget which player it was that basketball bounced the ball, you know, as he breaks through James Cook, James Cook. I was like, it's not Dalvin cook. Who was it? No. You know, James Cousin. Cook, uh, basketball bounces it through, bounces right back up to him. He, he, he keeps on going. You're like, Oh God, here we go again. Uh, this is, this is when it falls apart. And there was a moment like that yesterday, um, where I felt like that as well. And I think, I think I had just sent you a text right at that moment. It was like, well, you know, I guess it wasn't Josh Jobs that was going to turn into a pumpkin. And then he turns into a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. You know, it was this, it was this Broncos defense that was going to turn into a pumpkin. And then here come mm-hmm. the plays. So the this we've talked about this team not being mentally tough since you and I met. That's changing. This team can face adversity and overcome it. And it's start, it's it is why you went and hired Sean Payton, Nick. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why you went because I need to know that I can come back from adversity. And frankly, in the two years I covered this team prior, this Denver Broncos team could not. They can now. Yeah. And you can win a lot of games if you are mentally tough and believe in yourself. And that's the word that's going around a lot, believe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Neil who's believing as Richard out here saying still winning out, hashtag proving Scott wrong. No Would way, be-
2: can't happen. 0% chance, absolutely will not, forget about it absolutely not happen the broncos will not win out is that the reverse jinx going on here scott is that I, I think the only thing more powerful than the skinnity curse it's just less known is uh is you know the curse of the bambino it's just not nearly as famous but by god i can put a hex on a team yeah it's uh i mean one at a time
1: broncos i think still are sitting there at about 25% chance of making the playoffs. And it's just because the middle class of the AFC is so strong, but the Broncos are in a spot and you don't want to start one and five, but you pretty much control your own destiny at this point, uh, because you are playing a lot of teams that you're going to be competing with that you will want those head to head tiebreakers with uh, Houston Texans. That's going to be an unbelievably tough game. If you go in there and win that you have that head to head, the Cleveland Browns next week, Scott, some of the data, so we don't have to get into it too much yet because we need to be victory Monday versus looking ahead to next Sunday. But some of these stats surrounding this Browns defense are unbelievable. I think they have the lowest yards per play of a team since 2000 uh, out here. I mean, they're just they're they're really, really good. And uh, that's a home game, though, right? Yeah, I think it I think so.
2: But I keep waiting for this, you know, the offense like, okay, to turn the corner. I'm like, okay, well, it's tough to do that against the Chiefs twice. Definitely tough to do that against the Bills on the road, um, and it's like, well, the, the the Minnesota Vikings are different. They were susceptible once you finally attacked them, um, and then uh, you know, I was like, oh god, well, who's next? Well, God bless, it's the Browns coming up next. Yeah, and they um, are like, you know, just... I put in the chat last night, Nick. I'm like, yeah. we need some Chargers. We need yeah. some Chargers <laughs> to come to Mile High so we can put up some points here, have some fun, air it out a little bit, and yeah, have a 30 plus game out there.
1: Yeah, these, this uh, Browns defense is un- unbelievable. Uh, it's almost a shame that they're getting wasted with how bad that offense is in Cleveland. But hey, uh, that, that happens sometimes. We got uh, Kathy coming in too with the five euros saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Happy Victory Monday to the team and to us. What a win against a nasty Vikings defense. Go Broncos, MHH for life. Yeah, this was a pretty good performance here by the Vikings defense. Uh, they, did, they held us the, just going through some of the stats here. Why not? Uh they the Broncos went two for twelve on third down in this game. The Broncos were outsnapped 70 to 52 in plays. Uh the Broncos actually had more yards per pass thanks to a little bit more explosiveness in the pass game, but the Vikings held the Broncos to 46 yards on 15 attempts, 31 rush yards. Uh not really getting it done. But at the end of the day, Scott, I mean yards per play, all these different things. Uh the terrible third down efficiency, Broncos takeaway three, Broncos giveaways zero. There's you your game, do. folks. There's your game, folks.
2: Uh, yeah, he, that's all you got to do is just go down to that turnovers and say, oh, yeah, you know, like it, they always put those at the bottom of a box score. Like, how the hell if I'm a Vi- you know I'm looking at this? How the hell did the Vikings lose this game? They did this better. They did this better. They did this better. Oh, there it is, 3-0. There, there, there's the there's the difference in the game, and there's some consternation around Russell Wilson, and I, I get it, and. Again, I think I yelled at the screen yesterday, throw the damn ball, Russ, uh, at least twice. Get rid of the ball. But I feel like the handcuffs are just on him. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think this is all on uh, on him that why he's not pushing the ball down the field more. I think that's just part of the game plan. You know, it's, it's almost like a rope-a-dope. It's like, let's go underneath, 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 underneath. One more time, let's go underneath. And then what happens in the, in the two minute game when they absolutely have to have it? Oh, now it's open. Now I can go for the chin. Now I can throw that big haymaker. And I've got Sutton out there. If I get single coverage, I'm just going to put it anywhere near him and, and get a play out of it. It's, uh, again, we can talk about luck of the turnovers and this isn't sustainable. But when you execute what looks like is your game plan, you can't call it luck. What, you know, if you think it's luck, let's do it again. Well, this is three in a row you've executed this game plan, and if, if you really look back to the Packers game, it was pretty similar. Let's just keep it close, lean on our defense, which is playing well, and and we'll get the ball back with and 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 go score. Um, I don't want to always play that way, but it works in the regular season. I'd like to see them peaking a little bit more on offense uh, come playoffs because you don't want to fall behind a playoff team, you know, so to speak. When they're you know, especially if you're going to be on the road, mm-hmm. um, but. Yes, Kathy, enjoy. It's been, uh, this has been fun. And again, like I said, this is why you went and spent on Sean Payton. This is why you went and got him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not having that second round pick this year is going to stink, but uh, definitely make that trade with what we know right now. And we'll see how it continues to go. Uh, we got Wang Chung coming in saying, I am the dank knight. They they ain't coming off. Mm-hmm. Good to see you, WC-21. one. He's Hope got his uh,
2: He's got his lucky undies on. That's, That's what he always- is referencing. We're we're into the underwear portion of the show <laughs> already. Yeah, uh, this is a uh, mile high huddle only fans. Thank
1: you so much, Wang. We appreciate you coming in. And Anthony Edwards, nineteen ninety nine, says, "Good morning, Broncos country. Glad to have the win. Funny to watch a team refuse to kick it to Mims. Thought the refs were a little flag happy, but at least it was even for both. Loved watching ninety nine turn it up in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the I thought the flags were not actually that high. Uh, ten in the game." I mean that's that's not crazy six for the Vikings four against the Broncos but yeah it's uh, something that we'll have to watch going forward I didn't see any like procedurals for the Broncos you know we didn't have to delay a game or a false start or anything I think there was a delay a game on the Vikings they should have called but I digress I thought
2: it was a pretty even game from yeah the Vikings I didn't point. Anthony I didn't I actually thought there were under flagged a few times uh, there was some holding in there that I thought was yeah. fairly obvious especially there was a nice stretch play that Madison had to the the left side where it looked like it may have been McMillan in there just his, his jersey almost gets ripped off mm-hmm. um you know trying to protect that edge it, it may not have been him but it was it was a defensive back on that edge and i was like that's about as obvious a hold as you're going to get and he got 12 yards on that play yeah. um you know that was one but I, I thought you know i didn't have any problems with the way the the officials called this one um but yeah mims is uh kevin o'connell mentioned mims earlier he's like this is an opinion this is fact he's statistically the best kick returner punt returner in the game. That's what they have going for him. Um and then Zach Allen is turning into the guy that we thought he could be. And and that's that's also that's also a really good thing. And um, you know, a guy like Zach Allen, he's he's gonna need a lot of food after a game. So he can be someone like you can be to make little Caesars, who is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Um I, I one of the reasons I like Little Caesars is not only just because it's something I can eat and eat often as a vegetarian. It's it's affordable. If you try to go out and get a boutique pizza these days. It's like, what do you mean a pizza is forty dollars? Uh, so it's it's affordable, which is nice. So order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win.
1: Yeah, me personally, I love a supreme pizza. Give me all the stuff on it you possibly can, but hard to go wrong with a classic pepperoni. The wife is a uh, vegetarian, so you know, get the veggies on there as well. Mushrooms, we're a big fan of mushrooms in this house. I think you have to be living in the Pacific Northwest, right? Everything's wet all the time. You just mm-hmm. become one with the mushrooms. Uh, but you got to love Little Caesars. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery in our in store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game this upcoming weekend we got football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday coming up here. should be a lot of fun. Make sure you enjoy it with Little Caesars.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
2: Absolutely. And yes, I, I used to get the lucky sevens. I told you about that when I was in high school, you know, two yeah. medium pizzas, uh, seven toppings. Talk about the Supreme for seven seventy seven. Try and do that now for God's sakes. Uh, Michael Ranquio says, good morning, Scott, uh, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Uh, Go Broncos. Good morning, Michael. Thanks for being here today. Appreciate the support. You always show all of our shows. Coach Chris, happy Thanksgiving. I'll take that win. It wasn't pretty. It looks pretty pretty in the win column. Uh, I'm, I'm teasing Chris. He says, Vance called some boneheaded moves yesterday, and imagine if we can get the same output from Russell Wilson for the entire game instead of just the fourth. We could be scary. Again, I still think how much of this is on Wilson and how much of his part of the game plan. I feel like he's just been... Beaten into his head. Do not turn the ball over. Do not put it in harm's way. When he threw that ball at the end of the second quarter into the end zone, up for grabs, really into double coverage on that. How often do we see that in a game from Russell Wilson? That's the first time I remember seeing it in, in weeks, Nick. I think I text you at the time. I'm like, well, Russell Wilson won't be allowed to throw downfield again for another month. So I, I don't put all of this on Russ. I think he's executing the game plan. And what is he now? 19 touchdowns or four interceptions, four wins in a row. The man is executing it well.
1: Yeah, he definitely is. I mean, Scott, there's guys that are open down the field that are not getting seen or tossed. There was that Judy third down short of the sticks, one in the red zone after the second turnover. I can't remember exactly which one. They're about to score a touchdown, and you have Mims wide open on the right side of the field, and he stares down Judy the whole way. Uh, there's another third down where... You have Atkins wide open also. I mean, just he's, he's missing guys. Now, granted, everybody can do Monday morning quarterback pause. What's the progression like? Uh, maybe somebody's not even in the full read. They're just a spacing element of the uh, route design. But there are play. there's meat left on the bone there, and there are some explosives down the field. Uh, I do think a lot of it is the training wheel slapped on a tad, and it can win you football games. The issue is that it's going to help you keep a lot of teams that are better than you close, but it's going to keep teams that are worse than you close as well. I've watched enough Iowa Hawkeye football games to know we are calling an offense that is playing not to lose. And when your defense is taking the ball over away at the rate they are uh, and you are not turning it over, you can win football games. Also, you can't do that unless the special teams is an added benefit too with the field position battle, which overall they have been. So it is pretty interesting. I don't think it's as simple as just call the plays that you call in the two minute offense. Uh, there is something to be said about setting up design and not putting the ball in harm's way too often. Uh, it's just a numbers game at that point. Uh, but yeah, it's a good to see the Broncos doing enough to get the victory. Is it a sustainable method here? I mean, I just, uh, some of the the data here, Scott uh, Broncos, how many points do you think they have off of 12 turnovers in three games? Points directly 30, off of turnovers, 30, 32, which is in <laughs> horrible yeah. conversion rate you'd be expecting double to triple that honestly for what a league average would be so they're not really taking advantage of the turnovers other than good field position and winning the field position battle off that and getting field goals well let set i think a franchise record for field goals in a four-game stretch which you know good for him but a lot of that is really good field position and the offense not getting first downs off of the turnovers but it's been enough to win these games going forward again 12 takeaways the most since a team since 1997, I saw Sean Payton after the game said the turnover uh, streak is sustainable. Sean, 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 Sean. I guess it's, it's we have enough data here to know that that's not the case, Uh, but you can take it while you, all you what can. Else he said? And what I else quote, he
2: say? we were fortunate to win. Yeah. So he knows I mean, yeah. he, he knows that they've got to be better on. The offense has to do more to help what the defense is doing. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. But thank you
1: so much, Coach Chris. The $20 super with the uh, the dude there in your picture. It's always good to see uh in here flashing orange like that. We also got Miguel coming in saying good morning, fellas. Great day in Broncos country and New Mexico. Congrats to New Mexico State. Uh, sorry, Scott. Uh, still can't get over the Jerry
2: Judy fake throw. I didn't, I didn't even register, honestly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, you know, the, from fan, a fandom point of view, I'm paying attention to one of them, and they were off this week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the uh, JJ fake. Those Fakers, of you listening, that's Chelsea Football Club. Because yes, it, I live in Atlanta. Atlanta was off this week. Everybody, every Falcons fan said, "Oh, so relaxing. It was so much nicer not have to be pissed off about Atlanta Falcons football." <laughs> it's a uh, it's a good time when the bye week comes. You can just enjoy the game. Uh, but
1: uh, yeah, the Jerry Judy fake throw there that was great. Uh, Jerry Judy big old smile after that as well. A lot of fun and in the locker room he was feeling himself too. Did want to give Jerry Judy a semi-shout. I need to go back and watch it again, Scott, because I had a lot of people on me when I tweeted it out, that throw that looked like it was very ill-advised that we already talked about in here. I had people saying, like, man, what a th- we can have anything here but a turnover or a sack because we just need points. I mean, touchdown would be great. Anything but a turnover or a sack. And then Russell throws it, what it looked like, into a bad spot. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying Jerry Judy slowed up on the route. I'll have to go back and see it. But it doesn't matter there's two defenders
2: there. That's the decision was faulty, but yeah, that that wasn't the right throw to make. And like I said, as soon as it happened, I tweeted Nick. I said, well, he's not going to be allowed to allow to throw the ball downfield again for another month. Yeah, but did want to give Judy a shout out for the playmaking in terms
1: of turning into defensive back there. I mean, that could have easily been a pick. And guess what, folks? This is a loss uh, with those points off the board. Judy goes in there. He gives the wide receiver incomplete sign after making the play. That's when you know they're doing something out there. A little fun feeling themselves. But uh, yeah, no, Judy did. That's an unsung play that won't show up in the sh- stat sheet. But from my first watching, credit to Judy, maybe he slowed down on the route. Maybe it should never have been that close to a pick, but uh, still
2: made a play on the ball and didn't let it become a pick. And that results in three points. I forgot. I kind of forgot about this. The The JJ fake throw, the Judy fake throw. I was playing flag football as an adult. And our safety intercepted a ball. So he's a defender returning it. And he pump faked a guy. He like, I mean, he like, he totally sold it. I mean, he like wound up like this and the guy jumps and I swear. And then he just walks right around him. I I swear he got up there. It was like a cartoon. He he jumped up and was just stuck in the air looking around like, oh, I can't believe I fell for that. So that was on an interception return. He pulled the pump fake. It's, it's reflexes, man. You know, it, it happens. It's a little surprised. We don't see it more often. Great play from Jerry Judy. Yeah. The issue is that once the ball is
1: out, right? It's not as secure. And if somebody's around you at all, the ball is life, right? Uh, You got to protect that thing as the Broncos are showing right now, zero turnovers. That's the key stat in this one from the Broncos winning the turnover battle by plus three. Uh, I I just looked up the data, Scott, Um, teams that win the turnover battle by plus three in the NFL, win football games 91% of the time. Honestly, I'm surprised it's not higher than that with a three plus turnover differential. It goes up to 97 for plus four, but uh, protecting the football, getting it done. Uh, Troy Bauer in the house also says, Hey guys, uh, Boer, excuse me. Of course, Troy Boer says it almost looks like Russell Wilson deliberately takes baby steps in the offense each week when he feels he can, without a turnover love, we are winning with so many ways to improve. My biggest offensive takeaway from this one, Scott, wasn't necessarily the passing offense from the Broncos. Now granted, it does have to be better going two for 12 on third down. That is not a winning formula at all. Big contrast to what we saw uh, last week versus the bills, but the rushing efficiency in this game was horrific. Uh, overall, I think the Broncos finished oh, third, third to last in the NFL in rush EPA per play. Uh, they, obviously it wasn't a high volume output from the Broncos in this one, but I mean, Samaje with only 3.4 yards of carry. Thank God. He had a 15 yard rusher, a uh, Russian there. One of his rushes was half of his total yards from the game. Uh, so the Broncos need to figure out a little bit better way to uh, create a more sustainable, efficient run game. Wasn't necessarily the game plan this week against the Vikings and their tight formations. We talked about that a lot. Broncos probably going to spread it out a little bit. So that way they have easier pre-snap reads on who could be rushing and who could be uh, dropping. Uh, but yeah, this one, not, it's not all on Russ uh, to be fair. The running game on this one was, didn't look like they, uh, they showed up for Denver
2: again. And to me, it goes hand in hand. You know, when when you're faced, especially against that team, Nick, who's putting nine guys in the box. If you don't have a threat of going beyond them, and you know, I actually like Collinsworth, but um, you know, I I, I got to cover his son, so I came in contact with Chris Collinsworth, so I'm a little biased because he was one of the good dads that was famous. So I give him the benefit of the doubt, but he was he called out a couple things that I was kind of waiting for this, and it was just the ability to go deep. And it's, it seems like Sean Payton just holds it until I need it. I'm not going to use that card until I need it until then. Now I am going to stick with the run game. I learned my lesson early about getting away from it too early, and I'm just going to keep running and body shot, body shot, body shot over the top. But it's, again, there's, it's, it's nice when we talk about winning cures all, we're, we're nice talking about these things that can be fixed, that can be better. It's like you see it, Nick. You said, "Well, this guy was wide open for an explosive, and this guy was wide open for an explosive." Man, those are there. That's a good. That's a good thing while you're still winning. Now, can you hit them while when you absolutely have to have them? And the answer in this four-game winning streak has been yes, yes, you can. So, Troy, good to see you. Thank you so much. Uh, D Porter comes in. Good to see you, D. He says, "Good morning, MHH." I'm still in shock. Five to six weeks ago, we were all ready to ship out half the team and now look, Um, Hoots Lee is going. We have a lot of ball left. Um, That may have been a voice-to-text type of thing, or I just miss it. Yeah, it it was after the Jets game. We're we're starting to look at draft. You know, yes, Caleb Williams or Drake May. This is going to be a a top-two pick. And then I think it was even, what was the record after the Chiefs game? We're like, okay, you know, no, I think you're going to play your way out of this. Yeah. You're one in five after the chiefs game, you beat the Packers. I'm like, okay, now we're really, we're done talking about this. This team's too good to go two and 15. Now we're talking playoffs. And and we, we started talking playoffs last week. Now everybody's going to be talking playoffs. You got to keep winning.
1: Uh, thank you. D Porter so much for the uh, nine ninety nine. Uh You, you, you got to keep winning. I think the Broncos playoff odds now sit at about 25%, uh, which is, you know, we were talking like 2% uh, just a few weeks ago. So what can Where's you Where's my line graph? Yeah, we can talk, oh, well,
2: it's only 25%, but you know what? That line graph from week to week to week is going to be on a roller coaster incline yeah. right now for your percentages. Without a doubt. I, mean, I think it is still important to understand the perspective that you have a large
1: uphill battle uh, to make the playoffs. So you have to keep winning here you, you cannot trip up. You do not. You've, you already lost your wiggle room starting one and five, losing to the commanders, losing to the Raiders, losing to the jets, three super winnable games uh, for the Broncos ones. I mean, just win one of those. You're sitting there six and four, very much in the driver's seat, probably talking 55% chance of winning, uh, making the playoffs, but, um, uh, got to keep winning. And they got some tough ones continuing going forward. But as we've seen, the Broncos can hang with anyone. The margins are so tight right now, Scott, that, uh, It feels like, you know, the balloon could pop uh, if some things don't improve, but it's a tough league. How many of the games in the NFL are like this every single week? That's what makes the NFL so great. And Broncos have been finding ways to win in the margins
2: and it's turning out with victories. And most importantly, again, they have learned to overcome adversity. They're not just folding up shop and and laying down when things start going bad, when something goes against them, because we see we've seen it. Two or three times where I feel that, oh, here it is. This is the Denver Broncos I've been watching. No, it's not. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I was like, okay, Russ has the ball. There's, what, three timeouts and 250 left on the clock? They got this. They absolutely yeah. got this. Alan Forster comes in on Facebook and asks a question. Kind of set the tone for the game. Morning, Nick and Scott. Did Kareem Jackson get away with one last night? We will find out soon uh, from the NFL. I think that
1: looked like a pretty questionable play, all things considering. I would not be surprised at all if he got a big fine, or even if he was suspended again. Uh, we'll see. It looked like he launched. I don't know if it was full on targeting. I didn't see forcible contact with the head. Oh yeah, uh, there was forcible. Okay, oh, I was. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest oh, with you, Scott.
2: Yeah. It was duck the head. It's the answer for me, Alan. On this, is absolutely yes. I kept waiting for them to stop the the clock, uh, the, the ball, and and have a quick review of sorts, um, and I will be absolutely shocked if Kareem Jackson is not a little lighter in the wallet again this week. I mean, it if that's works. the case, he might be out for the rest of the season. I mean, honestly, God, he, he came in and he came in again. It's it's not about well, the 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 guy's ducking down, he's being tackled. So it, that's not the point. The point in is he launches straight ahead, ducks his head and uses the top of his helmet. That is against the rules. And why? Because it's dangerous for the guy he hit kind of upper like clavicle area that ended up catching the lower part of his face mask. And it's dangerous for him. It's a wonder he hasn't broken his freaking neck. After that, I didn't see him do it again. Yeah, Because that's how he tackles. That's how he usually tackles. He comes in straight ahead, ducks his head. I didn't see him do that again high. I saw him going after some knee. You know, I don't mean going after knees, but low, You know, trying to cut legs, yeah. doing that. But he ducks his head. He does not see what he tackles. And he tackles with the crown of his helmet. It is reckless. And he absolutely got away with one last night. And I text Nick after it happened, I thought the first tackle that Kareem Jackson made was going to be his last. Because that might not have been an objectionable offense for a non-repeat offender. Kareem Jackson would have been tossed.
1: Yeah, it's surprising. I guess, so I was driving home from a baby class when this happened because, of course, it got out late and stuck in traffic. Uh, did he make forcible contact with the helmet of TJ Hawkinson? Like helmet to helmet? Or was it? On that, was that play? Yeah.
2: On that play, it was it was uh it was upper chest, and, and then he caught his, the bottom of his face. He caught the bottom of his face mask. Okay, and and rocked him, rocked him back. It was
1: that's what I was asking. I wasn't it wasn't like targeting the helmet with your helmet, but no, did. he he
2: caught him. He he okay. came in with a sailor dive torpedo tackle that he is wont to do with his okay. head down and the top of his helmet. The first thing to hit the, the opposing player, and it hit him yeah. right in in the area between neck face mask uh upper chest and it yep. did it it buckled his it buckled up uh, if that was i couldn't remember who the ball carrier or the, the, the receiver it was hawkinson
1: it was a direct snap to tj hawkinson on the it third down.
2: yeah it was third down i don't remember like i said i just remember that the impact that the, the style it was he'll get he'll get fined for that
1: yeah yeah without a doubt uh, we got uh, twenty dollars again coming in from coach chris here saying uh Jaquan McMillan is a baller. He's considerably better than Mathis. He's always around the ball and making plays. I actually thought Julian Allen played well too. Too. This is getting fun to watch again. Yeah, this was a very overall poor game, I would say, from Singleton. Um, he was a probably a negative out there, all things considered, and a lot of the other defensive linemen struggled too. But very good, call on McMillan. He's been awesome. Now, when you say he's better than Mathis, considerably better than Mathis, they're playing different spots. Uh, McMillan is actually replaced. Saying Bassey out there, he's primarily playing that nickel slot spot uh, where you've had Fabian Moreau, actually the replacement for Mathis. But I digress. McMillan's been awesome. Uh, Been taking the ball away like crazy. Very physical player. Uh, Ballhawk has his eyes on there. And have to give a shout-out to Christian Parker. I don't think that – Scott, overall, I don't think the Broncos front seven in terms of their run defense has been that much better. Uh, Obviously, some of the passers have been better. But the big difference I've seen from the Broncos is just how much better – The back seven has been in pass coverage and the cohesion there. And you're taking a lot of mismatched pieces here. I mean, Fabian Moreau has bounced around four teams in the last four years, three teams in the last three years. Uh, Mathis is an undrafted free agent out of Eastern Carolina. Uh, You know, all of a sudden it's working really well with that back seven. They look good. They're taking the ball away. Wanted to give a shout out to Christian Parker. Might be his last season in Denver as a defensive backs coach because he might get a shot somewhere as a defensive coordinator next year. I would not be surprised at all.
2: Yeah, I um, looking at McMillan, we've said one of the underrated losses of this team was Kawan Williams, mm-hmm. and it was early on. And right now, McMillan's even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mc, uh, Kawan Williams and DJ Jones love the way those guys played. Two of my favorite players watching the Broncos to import from San Francisco. McMillan is an upgrade on where K1 Williams was last year. Uh, K1 Williams is relatively cheap. I think he was only two or $3 million. He, I couldn't believe he was that cheap coming in as a free agent for as well as he played. So I would still try, and he's older and coming off an injury. I don't know if he's got a chance to come back, but he's now expendable because McMillan is playing even better than he was, and it shows. If I line him up on the right side of the defense, you just became really hard to run wide against with McMillan in the slot over there and Baron Browning on the edge. Yeah. And the the third the third part of that is then uh, Zach Allen. So they all line up on the same side. I've taken away to a certain extent one part of your run defense, of your ability to run to that side, which is something that the Broncos really haven't been able to say in a while. And then what he's able to do, the, the, the ball hawking nature, the – you know, I feel like, remember the Titans, we got ourselves a football player. You know, it's just the, the guy, the guy makes plays. He's, what do you mean? What do you, the guy's a player. What do you mean? Just watch, watch McMillan. He's not going to test off the charts. He's just going to go out there and make plays. He's really, really good. What an upgrade that has been, especially I, not just over. Yes, I said it. He's an upgrade over Williams, but my God, what an upgrade over who he replaced for God's sakes, Nick, because he didn't replace Williams. Williams was already hurt. Yeah, I mean, shout out Feel bad to saying Bassey. You know, everybody says he's a
1: great guy, had some good priests and stuff, but the physicality, the lacking of explosiveness, the twitch was there. I think the big difference between Jaquan McMillan and Kawan Williams has been the turnover ability, which is, I mean, super, super valuable. Kawan has him in the physicality department uh, as, you know, edge setter and also the blitzing ability. I think they've really missed that this season, given what we're seeing with simulated pressures up front and having your slot be able to blitz is a huge benefit and I haven't seen that as much from McMillan. Uh, but Broncos got something here with McMillan. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they keep him in slot. You know, he's your slot for the foreseeable future. He might get a shot on the boundary this off season as well. We'll see what the, uh, because you have question marks at that other wide corner opposite Sertan, but yeah, he's been awesome. Allen's been playing better. Really glad to see that, that uh, hit that he took from Alexander Singleton, I believe it was, was only a stinger and out there for one play and back in. Uh, Broncos do not have the depth on the defensive line. If last night should make that pretty damn obvious uh, where you can be losing guys. Uh, if the Broncos have to be one of the i made up stat here, Scott, but like defensive linemen on the ground per run play, they have to be one of the worst teams in the NFL at that because I see the defensive linemen just bodies on the ground in those run plays. Uh, but again, enough to get it done with the turnovers. So we'll see if they can keep improving and win other ways because the turnover margin is, probably not going to keep happening but anything can happen
2: no but antoine- there, there's room for easy improvement on the offense so that's yeah. good win win while this find different ways to win and mm-hmm. adjust as needed maybe yeah. i have to be more aggressive on offense that's okay the plays are there yeah. they're they are there we're just not taking them because we haven't needed them yet okay well that's not a bad way to be antoine agrees also he says um McMillan mcmillan has been a life-saving pickup for this team great show All right, three guys came in mid season as part of this turnaround. Rank them in order of their impact. Baron Browning, McMillan, Moreau. Man,
1: I would (laughs) I would probably have to go. Now he's not the most valuable, but the biggest impact would probably have to be Jaquan McMillan because the turnover you're winning off of turnovers right now. He's Mm -hmm. taking the ball away. Bingo bingo. You'd probably in this sample size have to say McMillan. After that, it would be Browning uh, because you have been really poor and getting after it. And, you know, he's part of a rotation. Uh, he's kind of quieted down a little bit from those first two games, which again, not shocking that the rate was not sustainable uh, that we saw in those first two games, but he's been playing really well. And after that, Moreau. I mean, there's a few plays here or there where it's, it's a, probably a matter of time before we see somebody isolate Moreau more so and try to do it in the quick pass game where it's like, okay, you're going to have to make a tackle in space. Good luck. Uh, Cause that's, concerning he's for not Merrill, a tackler. he's yeah, just the physicality and spaces but he's your fifth best secondary player so i mean that's that can happen you're gonna have a worth there pretty much no matter what the season after mathis looked like he did uh but i think i would go yeah just because of the turnover uh value mcmillan browning Moreau. now as far as going forward who are the more valuable pieces browning would be number one out of that group um uh, but
2: yeah mcmillan's been playing incredible with this defensive turnaround that started the week of the Kansas City Chiefs loss, uh, from there moving forward, when we start talking about the defensive improvement, I have them in the exact same order. But each one of them has made a big, big difference in this team. And what a difference just a few players can make. You know, y'all. when we start talking about would you rather have this guy or would you rather have $18 million in free agency money? You know, they're in one of those three that's making over $6 million, you know, so you can find good, competent, professional players in there that can make a big difference on your team that you can plug in for depth reasons alone. Um, it's not always about the superstar. Now, you want the superstars too, but when you're making those decisions on who would you rather have, um, that those are the kind of things you're thinking of because three players who are Fabio a journeyman, Wood McMillan, an undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. and then a converted... Inside linebacker to edge, and it's a totally different defense. I mean, that's there's more factors to it than that, but I think personnel is the biggest difference in the way this defense is playing. I mean, that's that's huge. McMillan, I had him in the same, same order just because of the impact that McMillan has had in this stretch right now. Uh, Papa Kendall coming in, Darren Kendall. Uh, good to see you, Darren. He says, Loving the Broncos again, Nicholas. You broke the losing streak by attending their Packers game, it was just. One of those things that there was just so much voodoo in the air that something had to break and something had to give. And my God, once we took the top off of this thing, it's a four-game winning streak, Nick.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, pretty great. Good to see you, Dad. I hope he's back in Colorado uh, right now. Going to hang out with the uh, the sister for Thanksgiving. So uh, good to see the Kendalls back in uh, Estes Park. Hope you're doing well. And thanks, Dad. <laughs> Appreciate you. Love you. It's been fun. It's been. It's been a bit since the Broncos have been good. Uh, we used to watch all the games together, you know, come back home from college on the weekends and hang out with them and watch the Broncos find some really sketchy stream <laughs> to, to hook up to the TV because living and I will be stuck with, you know, bears, Packers, Vikings, chiefs. Uh, but yeah, Cowboys, everybody too, sees you know. the Cowboys. Yep. Yep. It's uh, or Steelers. Um, but yeah, good to see you, dad. Hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, I think mile high huddle broke the streak. I was just happy to see a game in, uh, in person where the Broncos won. Anthony Edwards, 999 says, yeah, you're right with the flags. I guess I'm still a little salty about the flag on bulls, not declaring himself as an eligible receiver. Yeah, that was, they'll clean that up. Whatever that was, hopefully they'll clean that up. That was, uh, that sucked. Taking I, a third I agree
2: in- with with him. He says, I feel like defenses should have to recognize that. I, I I kind of agree with that. If I go out and line up eight offensive linemen, you know, it, 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 it's. It's for it's the strange. refs.
1: It's for the refs. It has to do with who's allowed to travel so far down the field.
2: How many refs do I need out there? to be able to figure that out. There's there, how many, I mean, how many, I, I don't even know the answer to this, but there's at least six referees on the freaking field.
1: You can line up though, in a way where it's, it's not obvious who it is. So one of the players has to, it has to declare. It's, um,
2: pretty, it's pretty obvious if I've got a center,
1: but you don't have to line up two on each side. No, you can do yeah. overload. And I think that's what it was. Hence why he yeah. had to declare because it has to do with how far down, because the, the eligible guy can move beyond that one yard of the box. um for the blocking so it's just it's a procedural thing i don't know if it might have actually been i think i saw on the the cutaway um sean payton was ripping into little jordan humphrey after that play so i don't know if it was actually bulls who made the mistake there but actually little jordan humphrey um who maybe was supposed to say something to the ref i don't know but in the end it's a broncos losing a third down conversion going from third and one to third and six don't get it done and end up on the day two and twelve but you know, they got the points there. They didn't turn it over or take a sack to get out of
2: range, and every single point mattered when you win by one. Yeah, staying, staying within range again. And then we talk about the the defense, which it hasn't done in past years, getting stops and getting the ball back to the offense. In past years, you settle for that field goal, the other team kills the clock. Mm-hmm. That's not happening anymore. That's that's not happening. It's it's This is a different team. I don't have to tell you all. But it's it's a it's a different team. Uh, Coach Chris coming in again, good to see you. He says not a negative Nancy. Our tackling yesterday was horrible. but even worse, Chris Collinsworth needs to shut up. Are there people out there that actually like to listen to him? Like I said, I don't mind Collinsworth. And after listening to probably half a dozen college games over the weekend, oh my God. The announcing in college football is absolutely sickening (laughs) it's nauseating to listen to the pro guys aren't so bad if you spend a an afternoon flipping through college games and listening to those guys oh my god it's awful it's just awful now the number one crews are pretty good you know if i've got um you know i don't even mind danielson on cbs and you know um i'm a big fan of herb street who does all those things todd blackwood was always one of my favorite guys Can't mind a a Gus Gus Johnson calling checkers. That doesn't really matter. He can call anything. But, you know, those are five games and they're showing 50. Oh, it's just brutal, man. So I get you on that. But the first point on this, Coach Chris, the tackling was horrendous. The tackling was really bad. This may be the game where uh, DWI guys was pulling, you know, rubbing his head pulling his pulling the hair out saying linebackers please linebackers yeah singleton did not have
1: a good game josie Jewell was okay again i mean that turnover where he jumped on the ball i mean the awareness the headiness to get that football. i mean you're talking i'm talking about the alexander madison won the second fumble of the game i mean he did enough for me um but you're right scott they definitely do need to clean up the tackling and speaking of cleaning up Uh, Do we got anything else we got to talk about?
2: Yeah. If you're looking to clean up, if you're ready to spice up your Thanksgiving as we dive headfirst in the mountains of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce, let's talk about the unsung hero of holiday season, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. That's right. It's time to go cold turkey on your old razor and take care of your own self with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Visit manscaped.com and use code HUDDLE for 20% off and free shipping and enjoy Thanksgiving in style with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra.
1: Yeah, you got to be careful. You don't want any nicks or accidents down there. Uh, You know, don't want to mess with your turkey leg, as we like to say. And don't let your poor grooming be the topic of dinner conversation this Thanksgiving. With the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, you'll be the talk of the table. It's waterproof, so you can groom wet or dry. And let's face it, we all want to look our best before carving that bird up. Plus, the LED spotlight ensures you don't miss a spot, even in low light situations. So make sure you're checking out Manscaped.
2: Yep, call and get 20% off and free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped and use uh the code huddle be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from manscaped all right nick let's head back into the chat uh brandon williams was saying we're talking about some tackling that should have been fine i didn't see this one he says but bobby wagner should have been fine for that hit on stafford yesterday and, and he might be that those those don't come out until the middle of the week so we'll see if if wagner they've been pretty judicious in giving out fines this year. So Wagner may not have gotten away with that one either. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. i missed that as well. I saw
1: that uh, Drew Locke came in in that Seattle game and threw a absolutely boneheaded interception into a just didn't make sense situation. The Seahawks had the lead and then they end up losing after that turnover. But uh, I yeah, think, uh, I think
2: they play. Yeah, they play on, on Thanksgiving. So he'll probably start the next game. I don't know the extent of Geno Smith's injury. They, they said, yeah, they said it was, you know, on a short turnaround, um, you know, three days to get ready, and then it's 49ers at Seahawks that oh. that, Russell, that that he may uh he may be starting that game. Oh, that
1: might that could be something. Uh must watch TV, of course. Uh so yeah, Scott, it's uh back to the Broncos here. Uh obviously we talked a bit about the offense and the, the rush game specifically, but we've gone this long without talking about who for me was the MVP of the game now only four receptions overall in the game but Cortland Sutton I mean can you talk about making an impact for your receptions for an offense that is not totally a high volume passing attack and we have 35 attempts in this game but Russell uh, Cortland Sutton five targets four receptions 66 yards in one touchdown and those two catches he had on that final drive could be highlights for guys for the entire year. Uh, One of them was a hold by the defensive player on that fourth down, but he goes out there. He would not be denied guys all over him uh, pace. Who's been awesome for the Vikings at linebacker Sutton makes the play. And then that touchdown Scott, that looked like prime Des Bryant out there climbing the ladder and going up there and then getting his feet down at the same time. That was just a Sutton's got to be up there somewhere. I'm going to toss up a shot here and hopefully it comes down with it. Your playmaker goes out and makes a play. Number 14, having a hell of a year Might not make the pro ball because again, this is not a high volume passing attack, but he is playing unbelievable foot right football right now. And I am so happy for Cortland Sutton. Uh great guy. Uh just coming off that injury now. It's it's awesome to watch.
2: Think you get a third round pick for him now?
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: God, I can't believe that the idea of him, well, we're looking to get maybe a third. That never I don't I don't believe that, Nick. I don't believe the Broncos would have given him up for a third. Yeah, he's way too valuable for your team, comparatively speaking for a third round pick. And if they want to try and restructure right now, you're in the, we want to restructure your deal and give you an extension mode. You absolutely Mm want to give him a new deal. I think he has one year left on his contract. You can save 10 million. I think it's 18 and eight somewhere in that neighborhood, or maybe it's even 18 and three on, on dead, on dead cap money where you can save 15 million. When you've got a guy playing like this at this level, that screams restructure slash extension and you keep him and lower his cap number next year because you don't want Cortland sutton going anywhere he's playing phenomenally and one of the reasons i've got a lot of biases that is one of them it's one of the reasons i like a big receiver you know Mm -hmm. he's he's open um but credit russell wilson that's just not throwing it up because as i've learned you still have to put it in the right area you cannot Mm underthrow that guy you cannot overthrow that guy for him to make that play You can put it side to side, but you cannot. You 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 still have to put it in the in the right area for him to have a chance. Because if he has to go backwards, it's out of the end zone. And and if he has to come forward, he has to go through a defender to do it, and you can't do that. But if you can put it up above him where he can elevate, he's scoring touchdowns. What a game! What what a what a phenomenal game! There's some. He had that one one one-handed rolling catch where you couldn't really see from the initial angle because it's on the sidelines. You're like, okay, that one's going to be close. Then they show the backside replay You're know, like that wasn't close. He totally cradled that ball. I don't think it even. Oh, beautiful. He's, he's playing phenomenally. Great to see. Yeah. If anything, I want to say, I mean, again,
1: the offense right now looks structurally like they are trying to play suffer ball to an extent to, to coin mm-hmm. you, uh, Scott, but as long as you're not turning over the ball, you have a chance to win football games. Uh, Got to get a little bit more efficient, but in a more high volume passing attack, I would be curious what it would look like uh, with Sutton out there. Cause he's playing just as good a football as we've seen since 2019. Uh, and it's great to see, maybe not the same level of uh, explosiveness in terms of the screen game and the quick game, because it used to be Russell uh, Croton Sutton was actually a pretty good yak weapon. Haven't seen that so much. Some of that might be quarterback stuff too, but he's playing awesome and uh, did want to give a shout out to 14. He was probably my MVP um, from yesterday's
2: game, despite only having four catches. You're a crazy stat, Nick. Yes. He's second Always. in the NFL in touchdowns. He's got uh, eight. Tyreek Hill leads with just nine. Right behind him is Keenan Allen. Um, and then there's there's uh, a bunch of guys with seven. It's sorted by, uh, well, I don't know what it's sorted by, probably by number of catches after that. I don't know how they've sorted this. Team order. <laughs> the, the point is... Tyreek Hill with nine touchdowns has 1,200 yards receiving. Keenan Allen with seven touchdowns has over 1,000 already. Cortland Sutton with eight touchdowns has 499. That's unbelievable. (laughs) And then I go down, like, that's not even close because the next one is, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs has seven with 900 yards. Mike Evans with seven, 780 yards. Well, here's Romeo Dobbs from Green Bay with seven touchdowns and 396 yards. All he does is catch touchdown passes, Nick. Yeah, he's been phenomenal down there and
1: he's been just awesome in general. Um, I know people keep talking about wanting to get more Mims touches, wanting to get more Jerry Judy touches. I need more Cortland Sutton touches. Now, granted, I know a lot of it is scheming up for that right moment to make that read and throw uh, as well. So sometimes the higher count number doesn't exactly lead to efficiency. Uh, But yeah, Sutton, an absolutely incredible game from him, would not be denied on that last drive and just playing with a lot of heart and seeing the ability there. I mean, he has a chance to be, you know, a number one wide receiver. I still think the Broncos might be hunting for a wide receiver in the offseason. Tim Patrick, I saw a question in here earlier. He's unless he comes back on a vet, min, he's gone. Uh, Jerry Judy still might be in the trade conversations. You can save 12 million with zero dead cap trading him. And you're going to have to figure out some money somewhere right now. You can talk keeping bulls. Well, okay. Keeping Cortland Sutton, you got to figure out some cash somewhere. Uh, so yeah. maybe you're talking
2: Judy there, uh, but a, de- a different deal for uh, for Justin Simmons could save Simmons you well. yep. um, 10, 12 million dollars on the cap next year. You have flexibility, but moves yeah. do have to be made. Right. Uh, talking about making moves. BK Mark with
1: a 1999. You guys are killing it today. Thank you so much. We need more Victory Mondays around here. The vibes are great. <laughs> it says great show. Denver Broncos for life. Only only need to go five and two now to have a shot. You know, it's uh, better than eight and two, which they needed before. So, uh, I guess nine and two that we needed. Yeah, I was gonna say wait a minute, that's four.
2: Yeah. I'm math. mathing. We're mathing bad, Nick. It's,
1: it's math is math is overrated, unless uh, it backs up my uh, preconceived notions. Uh, but it says assuming <laughs> that happens, what is the draft strategy with the mid to late round pick, and what's Wilson's current contract? Go Broncos. I still think that uh, we need to see what the rest of the games look like before we are absolutely all in or all out on Russell Wilson and his contract. Because it is so detrimental, it would have to be pretty damn poor down the stretch to be that way. But we have seven games. I don't think there's any reason to be definitive on that when we're going to have, I mean, seven games is a significant sample size still. So uh, let's see how it plays out there as far as the Wilson contract goes Uh, as far. And again, that's not to be a a hater by any means, but why make the decision before you have all the facts? Uh, We also have the draft strategy here. Broncos could go any number of ways Uh, with that. We just talked about if Jerry Judy is gone, you're probably looking for another wide receiver there. This is an unbelievable wide receiver class. So you could look that way. Uh, The Broncos could also go offensive tackle. I know with the saints, uh, the Sean Payton drafted first round offensive tackle who ends up playing guard in the NFL, but Andreas Pete when they didn't have a tackle spot available, they still drafted offensive line because that was what they wanted to do in identity, and they like well if things aren't working on offense, we need to always be able to lean back on the offensive line. That means drafting them before you need them, even with high picks. So that, I think that's always a viable strategy uh, for the Broncos. And after that, I think defensive back uh, stands out to me a tad. You're looking to replace uh, Fabian Moreau. You're looking to pl- replace Kareem Jackson, PJ lock, Caden Strings. You can't depend on secondary is always a good direction to go. Scott, I, if if you had average players across like normal years, every single year, like this was an average draft class, I would say interior defensive line would be way up there for me. I don't see him in this class. Mm-hmm. I, I just simply do not see the horses out there to be guys in that range. There might only be one interior defensive tackle I would even sniff with a first round grade this year.
2: And and that's where I am. And and BK Mark, I'm assuming mid to late first round pick is what you were yeah. talking about here, not just mid to late round pick, because then it's just you know f- getting you're filling Definitely. needs towards the end and, and getting the the best positions you can uh but in the mid first for me what's what's suddenly become the biggest need assuming you don't go quarterback is the the, the front five is the defensive line slash edge out there um the the guys on the back side there's enough good players there that i can plug in uh, a replacement level starter and free agency at three, $4 million like Moreau. And he's obviously making a huge impact. Those guys can be found. Uh, I've got enough surrounding those guys that I can use a later mid to later round pick a day two pick on safety. I got to get at least one more safety in there. And then, you know, uh, corners, developmental type corners. But if he's there, all the boards equal on there, man, I'm looking big DL or edge, Uh, at that spot right now. Just, I think that's where you could, you could use the most. I agree with you
1: right now. I gotta say, I'm, I haven't looked at every single guy. Of course, we got a lot of process, long process to go yet, but as far as interior defensive line is my favorite position to scout, Scott, like you and I are the same there. Like I love watching dominant tackles in college football. I just don't see it this year with any of those guys, which is unfortunate. Uh, But I'm also very much of the opinion that you take advantage of strong classes in some areas and f- forget others. And this year really seems for the Broncos in that area, uh, tackle and wide receiver would be strong. Uh, so a lot of options still out there, uh, but those are ones like it's really too bad. Like two areas, this Broncos team could use probably some of the most immediate impact on this team to make a difference. Interior defensive line would be way up there as well as tight end these look those might be the two weakest spots and running back uh, those might be the weakest positions in the entire draft this season unfortunately
2: yeah the other part of that though is it's very good in free agency this year Mm -hmm. defensive line the front five is there's a lot of dudes out there in free agency so maybe you work some work some magic there box family breaks comes in first of uh several he's got coming this way Love to see this team play with confidence and grit. I live in Minnesota, so this win was extra special. I wonder who will start at quarterback for the Browns. Uh, and he follows that up saying, um, "Samaje Ryan has come up clutch for us on game-winning drives. Glad we got the W since I live in Minnesota. Thanks for all you do at MHH. Well, thanks for being here, Fox Family Breaks. And um, what's afraid about phrase about familiarity breeds contempt? This one probably meant more to some of our Minnesota fans, like Ethan, uh, Fox Family Breaks. Um, We've got another one in here that's up in Minnesota. I can't remember. And I know how much this meant to y'all. And it was good. You know, it's, you know, again, you think it's luck. Let's do it again. Broncos have won four in a row executing the game plan. That's not luck. That's a that's a, a team that nobody is going to want to play right now. Yeah, I mean... They're going to have to figure
1: out some things uh, to win games. Cause again, I don't think the turnover margins are super sustainable. You're gonna have to win games where you're zeros and the other team is not coughing it up left and right. What does that look like? Probably you don't win. You might win the chiefs game still that you had, but you probably are not winning uh, the bills and the Vikings games without the massive turnover differential. And that's something they're gonna have to figure out because that game is coming. That's just, I mean, how can you say the Broncos aren't going to keep turning the ball over this way? Look at the last three. Well, we have, you know, hundred, how many is endless games where it's like, oh, this has never been seen since
2: 1997. That's I, I just unbelievable. When you're watching it, there's so much, there's so many open shots for the offense to take that. I think that if they feel they need to be more aggressive on offense, they will be. And it's there. It's there to be taken. Then, you know, you get down two scores, Nick, you know, you get down two scores in the second half. And if you're still trying to run the ball into a nine-man front line, then then we'll talk, okay? there There's there's not trust here about with Russell Wilson at all. Yeah, and if there's a nine-man front line, there should be
1: shots there to be had. I mean, it's just the numbers-wise, so it's so like how wide to it? be aggressive. If they could be hitting the explosives, I think they would be. And I think that's something where right now it's the negatives, potential negatives outweigh the potential positives that being not just turnovers, Scott, but mm-hmm. also sacks that you know Dixon might as well get his leg, you know, warmed up because you're probably going to be punting after it's second and twelve or whatever. <laughs> like you, you don't have the ability to create those explosives uh
2: consistently right now. Ethan, the DWI guys comes in at 2120. That's a uh that's a a representative super chat coming in. He says speaking of turnovers, there are a few more turnovers left on the field from that secondary. Uh, It felt like they could get a couple more and almost did great show. Gents and Broncos country. Yes. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the support as always. Yeah, it's, it's, it's feeding on itself. It's a, it's a momentum back there where everybody's hunting and they it's, it's fun to watch. Uh, They feel like they're breaking on the ball just a little bit faster and there's tip passes and everybody's just, there's that belief where everybody's putting forth that little bit extra effort that happens when you are winning versus when you are losing games, the spirit out there, and especially on defense, there's so much involved in attitude effort and and on on defense versus the execution of offense that playing at this level, sustainable with this amount of turnovers isn't the right word, but I don't see this defense falling off a cliff where they revert back to earlier in the season just because of the way they're playing now Again, it's a it's a mental toughness that this team hasn't had. Yeah. Yeah,
1: without a doubt. And 2120. I'm loving that. We need a 99 to 90 game in here if Ethan's <laughs> gonna be dropping supers like that. God bless you, Ethan. We appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Uh Brandon Williams comes in and says off topic, the Browns defense isn't as good as the initial stats suggest. I probably gonna have to disagree with you as far as the Browns defense. I mean, you look at the metrics from the quarterback play from the Browns, and it's like they have far and away the worst quarterback output of any team in the NFL so far this season. Uh, that's pretty hard to win football games that way. But a lot of the stats suggest that they are really, really good on that side of the ball. And it's going to be tough sliding for the Broncos. This is one where I, you could probably say that I'm tough on the Broncos offense and Russell Wilson right now, Scott, I mean, I'm just, I'm not taking the cheese right now. Cause given all the peripheral stats say, this is probably not good enough to win a normal game in the NFL. Uh, but, I'm going to give them a break. If they go in and beat the Browns in an ugly game, because the Browns defense is unbelievable. And there is not a single defensive player in football that is playing as good of a football and as impactful as miles Garrett right now. He there is, there you go.
2: There, is this is going to be, this is going to be your biggest challenge. He's he, he's going to be your biggest challenge that you faced offensively over this, this winning streak is, is miles Garrett. And I, I, say that for basically anybody honestly because like you said he might be the best defensive player in football right now um you're gonna need some help on that side to 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 uh wherever he is i don't know how much he lines up on he flops around some they move him around like crazy scott they'll line him
1: as a mug rusher they are going to do they're going to isolate whoever the weakest pass protector is on the broncos and they are going to run games to isolate miles garrett against them because defensive linemen can pick their matchups yep. essentially right now so I And mean, Darius
2: smith is playing well on the other side
1: yeah as well
2: it's 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 they're this good
1: is, this is another game where it's like unsung hero time Samaj p ryan we love you Julian mcgofflin you're great uh but i need some more number 25 out there because he's essentially been an extra offensive lineman uh and against the browns you are going to need that they're also a weird team they run like I think way more man coverage than almost every other team in the NFL, because they can, because they have the pass rushers up front to get home uh, when you're doing that. So it's a, uh, it'd be an interesting team. Uh, This is going to be a tough matchup. I know they gave up a lot of rushing yards to the Steelers.
2: They gave up 10 points. I mean, it's uh, they're, they're unbelievable. Again, the Steelers are a team speaking a block of explosives with Kenny Pickett. I'm willing to try and let you sustain a 12 to 15 play drive. Yeah. Can you, can you get down there without making a mistake or a negative play? Cause I don't think you're going to beat me. I just, I don't think Kenny Pickett's it. I don't, I don't think, I don't no. think he's it. Nope. And I see Keith Brugman all says, didn't we just go up
1: against Daniel Hunter? Daniel Hunter is great. Daniel. Miles Garrett, Daniel's Hunter is great. He's, but Miles Garrett is one of, I would say four edge rushers right now. And I'm not going to five, maybe, I'm not going to fight you, but Daniel Hunter is a tier under the TJ Watt, my, Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett Aaron. I'm honest to God, Scott, Miles Garrett's above them all for me. Right. He is un, he's, an he's a goddamn alien. He's yeah. unbelievable.
2: I might put, uh, you know, Micah Parsons as far as game wrecking ability in there and, and, uh, and Miles Garrett are in the same, in the same breath.
1: Yeah. God, he's unbelievable.
2: Um, Quentin. Says, so much appreciate the super it says. Miles Garrett is basically Charles Jefferson from fast times at Ridgemont high. He's he's really good, but you know, and the the thing is, is you can scheme to slow down one guy, um, but uh, it's not just him. It's it's not just a one man show out there. Um, Daniel Hunter is he gets his. He's really good, Mm -hmm. uh, but the rest of the Vikings defense isn't as good as the the guys playing with. So you can you can slow down Miles Garrett. That's fine. There's other guys that can beat you too. Uh, and Quentin Caldwell, um, that's a, that was funny, Garth. I appreciate it. Quentin Caldwell said when we were talking about Cortland Sutton, he says Sutton did say around week one he feels much better. Getting healthy, feeling good, it shows, and, and it's it's the the confidence, the the form that he's in. He's is just, you know, get it close. Horseshoes, hand grenades in Cortland Sutton right now. when close is good enough. Uh that's where uh that's where he's playing at this level right now. And it's it's great to see. I'm happy for him. Uh, Mike Edel. Good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm proud to be a Broncos fan of Minnesota. It was Mike who I was forgetting about. Mike, great to see you. Coming in with a super chat, another Minnesota Broncos fan who is very happy to wear his Broncos gear out and hold his head high in Minnesota today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, man, it's, it's really good to have the vibes right now. We got Mike Edel coming in too. Mike, I know you've been killing I it. I just read Mike. I know, but I I just want to say that he's been killing it. I wanted to give a shout out for uh, the super chats last night as well. Uh, listening to mm-hmm. the uh, post game show with Zach and Chad. saw Mike came in there too. So double dipping last night and today fueling the vibes out there in Minnesota. Uh, so glad you can keep your head held high. Hopefully you're not a gopher fan too. I'm still a little salty about that Iowa, Minnesota game,
2: uh, but uh, good to see you, Mike. Yeah. If you're a Minnesota gopher fan, I got respect. That's, that's not an easy program to be a fan of. It's just much respect for they they've not been able to have a lot of success through the years and if you're a fan you've earned it see i got i got no love for minnesota but I'm it's a a rivalry thing yeah um mr rocket this this might close us out unless anything comes in late um this is a great question here he says with the broncos winning is peyton george peyton still on the hot seat as general manager i've already fired george peyton twice And, and and that might be just separating by mutual consent. I'd still be leaning that way that George Payton would still be that Sean Payton wants to bring in his own guy. I'm not as adamant about that. And if he is the general manager come draft of this next year, I will shut up about George Payton being on the hot seat. He'll be there. This is his guy. This is Sean Payton's guy. This is the Walton Penner group's guy. And I'll I'll be done with it because I'll be wrong twice on this one. And I don't like being wrong three times. So um, I still feel at this point that George Payton would rather be the guy in charge. And I don't feel like he's got that here. And if they go on a winning streak, it will enhance his resume and his value, much like Russell Wilson's trade value. If he decides he wants to go get a different job somewhere, it will it will heighten his resume. But um, is George Payton still on the hot seat? Well, his value to other franchises might be warming up in a, in a different manner of speaking. We still have seven
1: games left, and if the Broncos fall short, uh, it's certainly possible. I will say a lot of these uh, late-round guys have started to look a lot better uh, than we saw last season, which points more towards coaching impact and development stuff. Granted some of these undrafted guys, we had the same coaches last season, uh, but it is a uh, George Payton. If the Broncos keep winning, there's a chance he's going to be here, but it's going to come down to what Sean Payton wants at the end of the day. Uh, I think the relationship there seems to be good, but uh, you no, know, we're not in the room all the time and uh, we're not going to see what it looks like or has been. So if they keep winning and they're winning football games, it's much more likely George Payton's back, but it's what Sean wants at the end of the day. He's the, calling the shots. I just hope that they have somebody there that isn't a yes man to Sean Payton all the time, because you need to have a little bit of checks and balances in a football team. Cause the coach is always focused on the here and now and winning football games, the immediacy general manager front office needs to be thinking about what is the team built like for the next three to five years. So we can be healthy consistently and compete and have flexibility. And these are always at battle with each other. And if one has too much power, can have issues on the other end. So hopefully you have somebody that's not just a yes man.
2: I agree. Mike is a Colorado
1: Buffaloes fan. Good for you. Good for you, Mike. Tough game this last Friday. Sorry about that. Uh it's the Washington Cougs. Uh, Mr. Rocket 199 said, What do you guys think? Uh, what about Russ? Do you all think Sean will keep him? It is still that's too early to show. show that. Yeah, I mean, that's many shows, Scott. That's a <laughs> 10 part series, uh, a docuseries. Um, we have seven games left to see. I think right now you're trending towards keeping him given how detrimental it would be as a dead cap hit. I think if Russell Wilson was a free agent at the end of the year, I do think the Broncos would be looking elsewhere. Um, but because of what the contract looks like, uh, it's going to be pretty tough uh, to move on from him. But we still have seven or, yeah, seven games left, plus maybe more. Um, so we have data. He's looked much better here as of late, as far as winning games. But again, seven games. We'll see what it looks like down the
2: stretch i would say it's trending that way uh it's it's just so much the cost benefits are so much better if you keep him than to try and get rid of him now Mm -hmm. and you're still in a window where you think you can win and for me it's a reset you're getting rid of russell wilson if you need to reset things and you're winning you're not gonna let's say you make the playoffs and go 10 and 7 that's not a reset year that's a let's add to this and see if we can go get it again but that is a uh, that becomes a, a long discussion. We can we'll get into that a lot. Uh, we're already here 67 minutes, so we're gonna be getting out of here. That's a that's a longer discussion with the ramifications of the contract and the dead cap and all of those type of things, not just can he play or not? That's it's gonna come down to so much more than that. And Michael Ronchio coming in says, Great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for Breakfast. Go Broncos. Thank you, Michael, for closing us out on Facebook. And Mr. Rocket, just to finish, I don't think that's going to be a Sean Payton decision alone on whether or not Russell Wilson. That will go through the ownership as well because of the money that is invested in him. And are you willing to pay Russell Wilson nine figures to go play somewhere else? It's a tough one, but uh, we don't have to worry about
1: that right now. Right? <laughs> that's uh, that's that's tomorrow's problem, and uh, we got again seven more games to figure it out, and no reason to make a big decision on that just yet. Broncos win. Another one Scott. four games in a row, 12 takeaways and three games. Most since 1997 Broncos winning the last two games by a combined three points. Uh, overall, it's a, uh, pretty special times and, uh, hopefully the good times will keep rolling. Broncos keep staying in it. The one in five was poor, but Sean Payton's got them playing great Four and no oh in the last four games. Uh, any final thoughts? I mean, game ball, Samaj P Ryan, Cortland Sutton, Justin Simmons on that last drive, taking the ball away. What the, the ability to take on Hawkinson there uh, was awesome. The Hawkinson has been playing unbelievable football for that Vikings team. Uh, yeah. Just a, just an overall great team win. Uh, really, really Vance,
2: Vance Joseph as well you you got yeah. the ball back when you needed it, and despite the fact that your guys were not making tackles, you were putting them in position to play, and you kept the team in it long enough where they could come back and win it. um the Denver Broncos, an interesting stat here, had ten quarterback hits yesterday from nine different players. Wow. So that's bringing pressure from different different ways.
1: yeah. and you also want to talk about fluky, just real quick. you know, Broncos are the yeah uh, you know talking about both sides of my mouth here. The turnover is a little fluky that Josh Dobbs touchdown where he ducked that guy and threw the touchdown that's i mean good player making plays but that's a little fluky as well right that that could be an easy one flipped the other way so that's just the nfl if you point at one single play uh easy to you know make a make too much of that but over the long sample size of a game and a season those things normalize so the broncos get a win 21 24 games in a row the vibes are great broncos back to 500 for the first time since before we played football this year. So uh, pretty incredible to see. Uh, really excited to see the Broncos going forward here and uh, keeping the good times rolling. Make sure you guys are keeping the good times rolling with Scott and I following us on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as that ticker says there underneath, if you're joining us on YouTube today, or you have YouTube at all head on over to mile high huddle, subscribe to the show. So that way, you know, when we go live, a lot of other video content there to enjoy as well. Like the show with Scott and I on Broncos for breakfast. We always appreciate that. And share on your social media platforms. Uh, Obviously the good time we've been here. God, I've been here since 2017, Scott. uh, This'll be my first chance to see the Broncos with a winning season. I think maybe they had one with Trevor Simeon, Uh, but all the bad years start to run together. Uh, But if you guys want to have more fun in here and, you know, more people and you think Scott and I are doing a good job, share it out there. Let's get some more Broncos country in here and uh, continue to keep the fun rolling as the Broncos are
2: right in this winning streak. Meaningful football in December. So we'll be back tomorrow uh, for another full show and we mm-hmm. will be on time because we, it's just Broncos country only Ernie mm-hmm. on, uh, on Tuesdays. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, you guys have a great rest of your day. Uh, we'll worry about the future and the sustainability and whatnot later. That's for a Tuesday show, Thursday throw, but it's a victory Monday today. Wins are hard to come by in the NFL and damn, uh people are people are paying attention to the Broncos. It's uh, it, it matters and that's great to see. I'm sure Denver's a buzz. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of night. Continue to choose uh kindness and compassion and as always, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.